You're listening to the latest preaching from Brixham Community Church. It's good to see you all. 23 days to go. Anybody counting? Your dad is as well at the back. <laughs> Are you getting excited or have you done this so many times before it's, you know, excited? Next week, John's going to be talking, week after's Verity. So I thought, when, what to say this morning, I thought, well, there's still three weeks to go. So what I'd like to do is kind of give an overview of Christmas. Not just the event, but look into why and what happened because of. So some of us will know the Bible is divided into two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. So I want to look at some of the readings in the Old Testament written hundreds of years before the actual birth of Jesus. But compare it, obviously, to the New Testament as well. So, first thing I want to look at is light. Who likes light? Don't we like light? You look at the Christmas tree lights all around. But Jesus actually said something unusual. He said that he was the light of the world. So light isn't just an abstract thing. He said it's a person. A person. In an Old Testament book called Isaiah, chapter 9, it said this. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And then Matthew in the New Testament, he uses this scripture and he, he changes it slightly. But he says the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deepest darkness, a light has dawned. Those living in the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Doesn't that make you feel a bit eerie? Living in the land of the shadow of death? Doesn't sound a very nice place to be. Who wants to live in a land of the shadow of death? Sounds something like, I don't know, sci-fi kind of thing. But this is what it says people were doing and feeling. To me, that gives an impression of real darkness. Have you ever been anywhere in the world where you walk in and it feels dark? I tell you years ago, the first time I went to Ukraine with Bob, you get to their airport. I'll tell you what, I felt fearful. You'd heard what happens in places like that, the control. And they had all these army officers with the big Russian hats sat there and it was quiet and it was like it was oppressive. He was walking into something that was unusual and then we land back in Amsterdam and it's totally different. No fear, no worry. So there are places like that. So imagine living in an area like that. Some countries of the world today still do live in a place like that. So it's not a very nice place to be. But the strange thing was the people in that land could do nothing about making light come. They couldn't do it. It wasn't within their own power to do it. No matter how they tried, no matter what we try to do, there's some things that we can't fix because we're not able to do it. But then it goes on to say, but these people living in that land of darkness, the shadow of death, a light has dawned. I remember a story some years ago, and it was about a little boy, and he's out in the street one day, and he's got a mirror, and he was reflecting the sun's light up onto a building. A big, in New York, they have these big tenement buildings, very closely together. Some places don't see the sunlight at all. So close together. We'd probably call them apartments or flats. And as he's doing this, a policeman walks along. And you know, they have these big, what they call nightsticks, the policemen. You know, a bit bigger than the, our police's trunk. And he's probably swinging at his gun. He sees this boy on the pavement. And he stops and says, Sonny, what are you doing? Are you disturbing those people up in that flat? And he says, no, officer, I'm not. You see, that's my house. But in that room, it's my brother's, little brother's bedroom, and he's very sick. It's very dark in there. And I just wanted to let him see a bit of the sunshine. I just wanted to let him see a bit of the sunshine. And what a picture that is of Jesus. 
It should shine his light into the dark places and the dark areas of the world. Truly on each one of us a light has dawned. In Malachi, the Old Testament book, it says this, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. But the strange thing is, the word son is not S-O-N, but it's S-U-N. The son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. Do you know, we need sunlight. If we didn't have our sun, we wouldn't be here. Do you know, you can even get poorly if you don't go out in sunlight because there's something, and so there's a vitamin, I think, and I might be wrong on this, is it vitamin D? If you don't go out in the sunlight, you get vitamin deficiency in that area. So we need the sun. And yet it ties it. The sun of righteousness is going to rise. And he dawns on each one of us. And actually that sun of righteousness, even though it's spelled S-U-N, Malachi said it's healing in his wings. It brings health. The sun of righteousness. So that's light. But Jesus didn't come just as light. For again, going back to Isaiah, Isaiah talked a lot about what these things were going to mean and what the coming of Jesus would mean. He said, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Emmanuel. And then Matthew again takes that and he changes it slightly. He adds a little bit on. And he says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet Isaiah. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which Dave just shouted out, which means God with us. He's here with us. Not distant, not far, but here with us. And again, I'm sorry, it reminds me of another story I heard. I love stories. This one was told by a man. Does it, you know about Indians and cowboys? Anybody likes cowboy and Indian films? Yeah, oh, so I see that hand, Jenny. <laughs> I love them. But Janet don't let me watch them too often. So, so it's Red Indians. Oh, Ali's got his hand up as well. So I'm talking about Red Indians. And there was a tribe called the Cherokee tribe. And the man telling this story is part Cherokee. So it's been passed on and passed on and passed on. And he tells this story. In an Indian culture, you know, they are braves of the tribe. You become a man. You're ready to fight. Well, before you could do that, you had to pass from being a kind of a, a young man or a teenager into manhood. And there are tests you had to do. And you had to pass this or you couldn't be part of the brave or you couldn't become a man in the tribe. And the, what they had to do in the Cherokees, the father took his son, walked him into the forest. Now, that doesn't sound bad, does it? But actually, not forests like we know. In their forest, they had bears, wolves, snakes, maybe a, a lion that had come in, you know, the mountain lions and things like that, the coos. They had those there roaming, so it wasn't a safe place. But what the father had to do, he found him a little clearing, maybe a log there in which the boy could sit, and then he blindfolded him. And that boy had to stay, and his father then left. That boy had to stay by himself, blindfolded, in the little clearing in this pretty dangerous forest. Just imagine, you're alone throughout the night. He couldn't take the blindfold off. He couldn't cry out or shout. He had to just sit there. Imagine what his mind would do. I mean, sometimes we can imagine things when it gets a bit dark and you're just walking out. Imagine the creaking of the trees, the rustling of the leaves, the grass moving. Was that the sound of something coming or the howl of the wolf? All these things would play tricks with his mind. He must have been terrified. But this boy stayed there. And his father said, when you feel the sun has risen, and the blindfold would look different, you know. I mean, if you've got a black, you can, it filters through. You know it's not pitch black anymore. And so after a long night, whether he slept or not, wouldn't know. And this boy took off his blindfold. And he'd made it. 
and he got his eyes used to the light and he was looking round and then he stopped. He took an intake of breath, <laughs> eyes popped, mouth, jaw dropped because he saw something he did not expect to see. Sat on the clearing edge, he saw his father, armed and ready to defend his son. The boy didn't know he was there, but he'd been there all the time. And we told God with us, even in the hardest and worst times of your life, God is with you. He says this in the book of Joshua. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And it repeats this in another book called Deuteronomy. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Situations, even when people have a go at you, he's saying, don't be afraid of them. Be courageous because I'll never leave you. Emmanuel, God with us. And we couldn't pull God to us. He had to make a choice to do it. We read earlier that this world was in deep darkness. But why? It was in deep darkness because they turned away from God. They decided they want to do things their own way. They'd even gone as far as not just not going God's way, but worshipping other gods. Idols made of stone and wood. Could you imagine? But I suppose before we judge them too strongly, we can make idols as well. And it was as if there was God here and there was people here. And in between this, this deep chasm. You know what a chasm is? You know, the big split in a rock. And they couldn't get over. No matter what they tried to do, they couldn't get to God. There was this deep rift that separated God and his people. And they were lost. And actually, we were lost. The only way it could alter was if God did something. And so God sent Jesus. He paid the price for all our sin, all our rebellion, all our unbelief by dying on the cross. What a price. And in a sense, Jesus became that bridge. He knew we couldn't get over ourselves, so he came and laid down his life so we could be reconnected to God. Nothing we could do about it, but he did everything we needed. And all we needed to do, and all we need to do to be reestablished, reconnected with God, is believe what Jesus did for us and choose to accept him as our Lord, our Savior, our Redeemer, whatever words you want to use. Romans chapter 3 puts it like this. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood for each one of us. But there's more. Not only do we get a brand new life, we actually get a brand new family. Because if we all have the same father, then it follows that we must be brothers and sisters in Christ. Has to follow. In and through Jesus, we become family. We have the same father. In Ecclesiastes, it says this, you're better off to have a friend than to be all alone. Because then you will get more enjoyment out of what you earn. If you fall, your friend can help you up. But if you fall without having a friend nearby, you are really in trouble. If you sleep alone, you won't have anyone to keep warm on a cold night. Someone might be able to beat up one of you, but not both of you. As the saying goes, a rope made from three strands of cord is hard to break. Talks here about being a family, being together. That last part about a three-stranded cord not easy to break, often that's done at marriages, isn't it? You talk about the couple being married and God in the marriage. But I just wonder, just for a second, if I could just have 
Perhaps Joseph would like to come up. And Amelia, Abby, would you like to come up and help me? Do you just come and help me? I just want to put one thing the Bible says to a test, okay? I want you to put these on. Can you come up? That might be big enough. Do you want to come and help me, Amelia? No, you don't want to. Okay. Do you want to put, put those on? Okay. Can you put those on? Right. So I've got this all sorted. What I want to do, I've got some parcel string here, okay? Not thick, very thin. Can you wrap that round your fingers? This is health and safety, by the way. It's not too worried about dirtying the string. Do you want to try that one? Wrap it round your fingers. Now, can you be a bit dramatic? Well, I just want you to snap it in a minute, but just kind of go like this and break your teeth, make it as if it's really hard, OK? <laughs> Come on, this is a dramatic moment, OK? So face the people, OK, and put it above your head and... Come on, flex your muscles. I want you to snap it in two, OK? Stretch it out a bit like that, that's it. Go on, go on. Oh, that was easy. Can you do that? Oh, goodness me. Should we just drop on down there? Right. Let's try something else. So if we now double this, and we give you... And it all gets tied up now, see? Ah, goodness. Me and Holly sorted this out early. Let's make sure I'm giving you two. Right, there's two. That one, there's some more here. Sorry, can you just speak amongst yourself for a moment? Do you that one in me there? Okay, I'll try and find you one, Joseph. If not, I might just go on the real eyes one. Okay, come on then. So, again, face the front, please, and... Well done. Oh, no trouble, right? Okay, so we, you would imagine now that this is on the little parcel string, that now it's not much more hard. More harder? Let's try that one. So this is three, okay? Right, let's just see. <laughs> is it harder? See, something does strange does happen. Thank you. Can you give them a round of applause? They did that well. They've been having the Weetabix and everything else this morning. And... But actually, something happens. The strength to break three is not just times three of one. Something happens within the structure of a, of a cord that is bound. It's a physical one. Something changes, and it becomes stronger when it's bound in three. Something to do with how it winds itself round. It's not just one plus two, one plus one plus one. It's multiplied. There's something about strength in numbers. In fact, from what I heard, some, some ropes are often men, made when they're all twined together. I thought I'd read somewhere that they also could be in threes as they're all looped even more and more together. And it, it just is, increases the strength more and more. I think it's called synergy. You know, we can do more together than we can of our individual parts. So actually, being a family together, watching over one another, makes all the difference in the world. Jesus said in John 15 that he loved his disciples with the same love that the Father has loved him. And then he said to his disciples, I want you to love each other as I have loved you. What that means is that we're to love each other with the same love that God loved Jesus. The word that Jesus uses in John 15 about the love that the Father's loved him with is agape. And what I am so grateful for, because I think how could I ever love somebody with God's love? But one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit says that one of the fruits is love, and the word used is agape. I'm grateful for the Holy Spirit that came because Jesus lived. Because then, it means that there is a potential for me to love as Jesus loves that person, and to love one another. So Christmas is about light coming, it's about remembering that God is with us, and it's about remembering 
that he became, Jesus became the bridge so that we could have eternal life and be forgiven. But it's also being, telling us that together we are a family and we truly do have to try and look after each other and love one another as God loves us. Christmas is far more than just about a baby. It's too often people put the baby and all the tinsel away when the trees come down and put it away in the cupboard till next year. And then we might bring it out again for a couple of days and then we'll put it away again. Christmas is far more than that. Christmas echoes into eternity. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit brixham.church.